Hello and welcome to this latest installment of Barnard's on the NBA. I'm your host, Matt Barnard, and I'm joined here by my son and co-host, Emilio. Hey, it's me, Emilio. That's him. And on this uh, special episode, we're joined again by our guest, my brother-in-law and Emilio's uncle and basketball aficionado, Sam Matterchain. Hey, it's me, Sam. <laughs> That's him as well. On this episode, we're going to be doing another deep dive and giving you two teams worth of Michigan State alums based on how they performed in the NBA, continuing that series. We're going to start here, as we usually do, with a center followed by power forward, small forward, shooting guard, and point guard. Without further ado, let's get into our starting center on the Michigan State first team, Milio. Who you got? Well, I know you have this guy on your second team. You didn't think you didn't think he was good enough to make the first team, but I have Kevin Willis. Yeah, tell us a little bit about uh, Kevin Willis. He played power forward for most of his career. He was only a one-time All-Star. He won a title, but he played until he was 44, and he started his career when he was 22. It is quite remarkable. Uh, Kevin Willis, a man who played an incredibly long amount of time in the NBA uh, and had some real impressive uh, accolades and career accomplishments to uh, to show for it. Sam, what are your thoughts on uh, Kevin Willis? I'm 100% with Emilio on this one. He's my starting center on our, on our top five guys. He had such a catalog to work with, and it wasn't like he was a scrub that just played a long time. At his prime, he was one of the best centers in the league. And if you just rank all the Michigan State alum, only Zach Randolph and Magic Johnson have more points. And then he's number one in minutes played, games played. Uh, he's also number one, I believe, in rebounds. I mean, this guy was a stud in the paint. And, you know, I even I remember him playing uh, for some of my childhood watching basketball games. And he's, yeah, he's my center. Yeah, he lasted an incredibly long time. I mean, I went a different direction here, and I'll get to my choice in just a second. Uh, I just got to mention some of his uh, classic uh, nicknames, uh, T-Rex, Big Smoothie, got some, got some good ones. To me, Kevin Willis, uh, more of a compiler, and I, I don't mean uh, that to, to sound harsh. Uh, played a long time, uh, you know, had, had these incredible uh, career numbers, as you mentioned. I mean, he's ninth overall in the NBA history in games. 25th overall in, in, in you know, just career rebounds, pretty incredible stuff. But a one-time All-Star, you guys. I mean, one-time All-Star does speak to like how he was considered among his peers, I mean, over the course of this incredibly long career. Amelia, what did, what did Kevin Willis have for career uh, points and rebounds per game? Um, he had 8.4 rebounds per game and 12.1 points per game. So he's a 12-8 and eight guy. For playing into your 40s and you still have an average that high, I mean, heck, you take a 12 and 8 guy as your starting center on just about any team in the league. It's true, and I, I had him as my uh, my second team center here on in these uh, these squads. I just went with a uh, with a different direction uh, for my for my first team center, and uh, we can transition to that right now. Mills, I know you have him as your uh, starting power forward here on the first team, and I'm talking about Zebo, talking oh, yeah. about Zach Randolph. Uh, personally, honestly, not one of my favorites at uh, at Michigan State, but uh, I, I mean, never never loved his uh, the the way, the way he carried himself on the court. It seemed like a little bit of a whiner, but uh, certainly made the most of his NBA career. 
starting off a little bit slowly, but becoming a uh, consistent like 20 and 10 type of guy for uh, for a really long time. Mills, uh, some thoughts on Zach Randolph. Oh, yeah. I mean, he averaged 16.6 rebounds a game for his career and 9.1 points per game. Other way around. I mean, <laughs> rebounds per game and 16.6 points per game. I mean, he was averaging like, uh, in the middle of his career, like that's five years in a row averaging over 20 points a game and four years in a row at one point averaging like over 11, 12, 10 rebounds a game. Yeah, really, really remarkable. Sam, uh, some recollections. I know as a, as a Tennessee guy, uh, you got some thoughts on Zach. Yeah, I mentioned in the last episode that uh, I've, I've watched a lot of Grizz games living in Knoxville for the last decade, and Zebo is a hero down there. He's a total grinder. He gets you your rebounds. He gets you your 20 points a night. Uh, at least he used to be able to. Uh, and, I, I man, I disagree with Matt on his on-the-court persona. He plays with a lot of passion. Uh, he gets the fans involved. He's just – I think he's the type of guy that you want on your team, but if you're playing against him, you're not happy to have to play against him. And if, if you rank by total points, he's number one in Michigan State history in terms of pro points which explains why Emilio, you had him as your starting power forward, and Matt, you had him at center. I, I also have him as my starting power forward. Yeah, the guy was a really efficient scorer. There's no question. I think, you know, my uh, impressions of uh, Zach Randolph uh, really, uh, you know, harken back to the early days of his career, part of those uh, jailblazers teams that uh, mm -hmm. really, you know, got ran afoul of uh, of the law, didn't, uh, didn't stay focused on what was happening on the court. Also, uh, you know, a little bit biased against uh, his Michigan State teams. Not a huge fan of those uh, mm -hmm. when, when, when he was there. Really didn't like how uh, on their jersey it just said uh, state. It's like there's a lot of states. Just, I mean, give me a little more information. Uh, anyway, a um, little, little bit of an aside there. Like how uh, Zach Randolph wore number 50 for his whole career. That's pretty cool. One most improved player as well. Yeah. And actually made uh, an All NBA uh, third team. So uh, that, that's, that's pretty <laughs> legit. I mean, the guy had a great career. Yeah, yeah, a fantastic player and, and, you know, certainly deserving of uh, his spot on, on this squad. And, and like Uncle Cliffy, he looked very dapper in a headband. Yeah, that's that's another great point, actually. I hadn't even thought about uh, about the headband aspect of it. But, uh, yeah, the, the guy the guy looked pretty sharp. All right, so um, let's uh, let, let's get to uh, your uh, starting three, Mills. Um, I had Draymond Green as my starting three. Yeah, tell us a little bit about uh, Draymond Green, obviously an active player. Yeah, um, I, I think you had him at your starting power forward. I did indeed. Um, yeah, so he was a three. He's a three-time All Star, Defensive Player of the Year, five-time All Defensive Team, three-time NBA champ, Steals champ in 2016-17, and two-time All NBA. So yeah. Yeah, I mean the guy's uh, career accomplishments really uh, speak for themselves. I, I feel like e even beyond what you can tell from uh, looking at his stat line, which is impressive in its own right. I mean, his uh, participation on uh, some of the greatest teams of all time, I mean, you really can't even argue it, is, uh, I mean, he's irreplaceable on those teams, I would say. Sam, what, what do you got on Draymond? Uh, I think you can argue that he's in the top five Michigan State alum, because I don't actually have him in my top five. I have someone else in that position that I think we'll probably get to shortly. Uh, I do think Draymond is a superb player. Uh, he's a key for any type of championship caliber team, but I think his numbers and his reputation benefit from having the greatest shooter of all time at the helm of the team he was on. One of the better coaches of all time, 
harnessing what he can do off the court or on the court rather. And then having guys like Andre Iguodala, Clay Thompson, all the different other guys on those Golden State teams. I think he benefited benefited from that quite a bit. Uh, were it not for those guys, I you know I think we see what he's capable of being on a regular team this past season. You know he's uh, he's averaging a triple single. A regular team. I mean, the, the Warriors were one of the worst teams in the NBA, or may, maybe the worst team in the NBA this year. So I, I don't know that I would necessarily uh, hang his performance this year on Draymond in terms of like, you know, what, what he's like. I mean, this was even low effort. A, if, if Draymond was even on a team like, uh, you know, the Trailblazers, that, you know, they've got Dame Lillard, they're a super solid team. I, I don't think we would be talking about him in the same regard with his supporting cast. I mean, the point is, Moot, I'm probably in the minority here. I love Draymond. I think he's a fantastic player. I do indeed have him on my second team, which we'll get to later. But yeah, he's not on my first team. He doesn't quite make the cut. There's too many other good players that are too... Uh, Draymond's a talented athlete, talented defender, talented rebounder. I don't know. What do you think, Mills? Do you think he's squarely in there? Or do you think he's barely squeaking onto this first team? Well, I um, I thought about um, he's not squeaking in there, but um, I um, yeah, I had trouble putting him at small forward, but I know I could do that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he, he definitely, I mean, has played small forward at times in his career and is a super versatile defender, which oh, I think yeah. is, is one of his yeah, real I, assets. I think you could have him even at shooding guard. He can get down and DF anybody. Uh, he's arguably, I mean, he won Defensive Player of the Year, didn't he? Yeah, he won Defensive Player of the Year. And I, I mean, truthfully, I mean, a lot of the Warriors' most effective lineups during this incredible stretch they've had have been with him at center. I mean, he's a, an incredible rim protector, mm-hmm. even for a guy his size. I mean, I think, you know, the, the physical pounding that it takes to play center on defense, you know, uh, all the time. I mean, it's probably more than uh, Draymond can bear. But in those key moments where the uh, Warriors were rolling out their, uh, you know, so-called death lineup that uh, dominated for years in the NBA, really, I mean, it was Draymond at center. So it was his versatility, I think, that uh, enabled some of the other really incredible elements of uh, the, those Warriors teams, the shooting that you referred to, the coaching, to uh, to really all come together. So. I mean, to me, he's, uh, he's he's a good fit here. But, I mean, as you mentioned, this is a a, a super deep uh, Michigan State field. Yeah, and not for nothing, Draymond could be the key that enabled Steph to become this great, that enabled Clay to get all those open shots. Uh, they, you know, took the pressure off Andre Iguodala so he could form, perform at a high level later into his career. Draymond could be the key piece, and I could have it backwards, you know. So, yeah, there's no there's no question that he's a solid choice there. Very, very harmonious all the way through, for sure. Let's uh, let's move on to uh, to the two. Emilio, who'd you have at your uh, Michigan State two on the uh, first team? Yeah, I know. I think Uncle Sam had him at his, at his three, and you ha- also had him at your two. Um, I got Jason Richardson. Yeah, uh, Jason Richardson uh, was on my squad as well. He was my uh, starting three. Mills, tell us a little bit about uh, Jason Richardson. I know you've watched some uh, some video of this guy. He was uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, he could throw down, and he could also pop. Big time, big time. Uh, Sam, any recollections of uh, Jason Richardson? I know you watched his whole career. Yeah, he's fantastic. I mean, he, I've got him at the starting three on my first team. Uh, his numbers really speak for himself. He's a career 17-5 and three guy, 2.7 assists per game. Uh, he's, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but he's also like a really nice locker room personality, isn't he? Sort of a fan favorite, player favorite. I'm, I think about him after games and before games. He's always got friends on the other teams. Mm-hmm. He had a nice college career too. Uh, one of those great Tom Izzo products. 
and he made a really nice, really nice career for himself. He's squarely in there in the top five. You know, he's he's one of those bubble Hall of Fame guys. I don't think he'll make the Hall of Fame, but do you? What do you think, Mills? I mean, he might. No, I don't think so. But he's yeah. He, I, I think he's one of those bubble guys. What do you think, Dara? I think the issue with him is is the lack of uh, accolades. I mean, you know, ha- never an All Star. I mean, uh, you know, never quite acknowledged as uh, one of the best at his position in the league. But I think, you know, he's one of those guys who really benefits from taking a broader view of his career, looking at what he accomplished over the course of a whole bunch of seasons, remembering the kind of impact he was able to have on a night to night basis. You know, getting on the court. I mean, he didn't miss a whole lot of games during his prime. And uh, yeah, it was was a really effective player. I mean, I, I think uh, you know a, a great choice as a uh, as a first team guy on this Michigan State squad. Uh, I mean, you know, shot thirty seven percent from three. In addition to to being a really ferocious dunker, and I mean, just uh, I, I really remember him as being a remarkable athlete. I mean, even among NBA players, really standing out with his uh, strength and athleticism. And I think you know that that was clear uh, anytime you watched him. He's sort of a Vince Carter type, one of those guys that freaky athlete, but just also smooth shooter. Yeah, and the same kind of size too. Vince, yeah. I, I think also right around six six, and I mean that's like that classic Jordan height where it, it's still and Kobe. Yeah, and Kobe exactly where it still like looks really cool when they dunk because they're not like so huge, but um, yeah, I mean they're big enough that they can basically do anything that they want on the court. So. Uh, yeah, Jason Richardson, a, a great choice here. Jay Rich. Jay Rich. Jay Rich. All right, Mills, let's uh, let's move on to uh, to the big kahuna when it comes to uh, Michigan State. We're talking about point guard, and uh, there's only one man who can uh, who can be in this spot. Eric Snow. <laughs> <laughs> Magic Johnson. Yeah, let's uh, run down run down a few of his accolades before we uh, start talking about Magic Johnson in depth. Hall of Famer, 12-time All-Star, 4-time Assist Champ, 5-time NBA Champ, 2-time Steals Champ, 10-time All-NBA, 79-80 All-Rookie Team, 2-time All-Star Game MVP, 3-time Finals MVP, 3-time MVP. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, you might need to take a deep breath after uh, after that one. There's a, there's a lot to say about Magic Johnson. Uh, of course, missed uh, missed a bunch of seasons uh, towards the tail end of his career. I mean, really played uh, through age 31 prior to his uh, HIV diagnosis, where he uh, took the next four years off before coming back briefly in the 95-96 season. And when he came back, he averaged in 32 games 14.6 points per game. Yeah, I mean, this guy just had it. I mean, I, I remember him coming back with a very different uh, body type than he had had previously when he was in the NBA, a lot thicker and uh, less agile. But uh, still, you know, just had uh, just unbelievable basketball IQ and uh, was able to maintain that even with a a diminished body. Sam, uh, some recollections on uh, Magic Johnson. Yeah, I uh, my memories of Magic Johnson being someone who was born in 86. I really only remember him coming back from his illness and thinking to myself, there's no way this guy, you know, I'd seen highlights of him, seen him just be able to, you know, pick guys pockets and transition, you know, eyes in the back of his head, incredible passer, incredible defender, but then also enough size to, you know, take the jump ball at the beginning of a game, super clutch guy had just a lot of horsepower, you know, really, really powerful guy. And I remember when he came back, I was impressed that he was able to do that type of stuff. There's no question that he's the starting point guard on this team. He's also one of the just the greatest basketball players of all time. The one knock that I'll give on Magic Johnson is the catalog, just the tragedy of losing 
those four years at the tail end of his prime, I think it really would have cemented his place uh, as, you know, right there with Michael Jordan as one of the greatest of all time. Um, and he still is there. You know, there might just be an argument for Magic being there. He's definitely the starting point guard in this team. Uh, I don't know if I would consider him the greatest point guard of all time. That might be a discussion for a different episode. Uh, <laughs> Amelia knows that I've got John Stockton there. I think a lot of people will disagree with that, just based off the total catalog. Yeah, to be clear, I also have Magic above uh, John Stockton. But <laughs> yeah, so do I. I'm, I'm in, I, I, I place a lot of value in the catalog and how long they were able to do it. Uh, you know, there's, what is it? He had four seasons where he led the league in assists, two seasons where he led the league in steals. I think Stockton had like seven and nine or something like that in terms of leading the league in assists and steals. But in any event, Magic Johnson is objectively a better basketball player all around. And the guy that could play just about any position. And if he's on your team, you're probably going to win a couple of championships. Yeah, I mean that's certainly the way it worked out. I mean, and you know, reflect on his uh, his college success at, at Michigan State. I mean, this guy, you know, where, wherever he performed, you know, no level was too high for uh, Magic Johnson, whether it was uh, you know the NBA Finals or the Olympics or you know wh- wherever he found himself. Uh, before we move on from him, just uh, just to reflect on a few of his uh, remarkable uh, placements on leaderboards over the years. I mean, this guy's first all time in assists per game. Mm-hmm. Fifth in in raw assists, fourth all time in offensive rating, seventh in assist percentage. I mean, you know, at, at the top or near the top, top twenty, top twenty five in so many different offensive categories. And you're right. I mean, his and defensive, his, and defensive categories as well. I mean, his his place uh, among the all time greats is is secure and could even have been greater without uh, without taking yeah. all those years off. And you know, something that we were talking about last night, Matt and Emilio, I'd like to get your thought on this. Magic had an incredible team around him, and I've often thought that's part of why he was so good. But as I look at the numbers, as I look at the highlights, I'm not sure that would have mattered that much. He's uh, such a transcendent player. You could have put him on any solid team, and I think they still would have been championship calibers, and maybe his numbers would have been all that more impressive, maybe a few less assists. But instead, he's getting close to 30 a night and something like that. And There was a year where he shot over 90% from the free throw line. He had the touch in every aspect of the game. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I echo all those comments. And, I mean, just to put a capper on uh, on this Magic Johnson discussion, the guy won NBA Finals MVP his rookie year at yeah. age 20. Amelia, I mean, where, where do you have him in your top five players all time? Where does Magic, where does Magic rank? Number four. Number four? But who's that behind, just for completeness sake? Uh, number one, LeBron. Number two, Jordan. Number three, Kareem. Yeah, so he's way up there among the all-time greats. And, I mean, I don't think you'll find too many people who would disagree strongly with that. He's certainly in my top five of all time, without a doubt. What number? I think I also have him at four. All right, so we're going to take a, uh, a quick break, and we'll be back to uh, discuss uh, the second teams that we've got of these Michigan State players. And we're back to uh, to start digging into our second teams for uh, Michigan State here. Uh, Milio, if you're uh, if you're ready, uh, who'd you have at uh, Michigan Michigan State uh, second team center? Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah, tell us a little bit about uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah, I mean this guy's on the Grizzlies right now. He's averaging over um, 15 points a game. He's playing well. He's probably Grizzlies. I actually think he might be the Grizzlies' best player. Maybe second best. 
Yeah, you think uh, uh, he's up there with with John Morant? Yeah, I think they're very close. So obviously, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. just in his second season. I mean, uh, you know, early in his career to be uh, included on such a uh, prominent list. But uh, what what is it that makes you think uh, Jaron Jackson uh, you know, could live up to this kind of billing? I mean, he's averaged over ten points a game for his first two seasons. I mean, yeah. What pick was he in the draft? Actually, uh, he was the fourth pick in the draft. Yeah, so it was lottery pick. I mean. That was over Trey Young, so you got to be pretty good to get picked over Trey Young. That's that's a good point for sure. Uh, Sam, what are you, what are your feelings on Jaron uh, Jackson Jr.? So I haven't actually watched a lot of him live. Uh, looking at his numbers, they're impressive. He's promising. I love that we got another Grizz player up there. He's sort of a perimeter big, right? He can shoot the three. Oh yeah. Yes. I think if he finds a way to scoop up some more rebounds, uh, he's getting the blocks. So clearly, he can he can get down there. What is his yeah, it looks like his def- defensive rebounds are on point. His offensive rebounds are not. That's probably a product of him hanging out at the arc. This could be a product of the design of their offensive schemes, or it could just be he's not crashing the boards, he's not following the shot, but he's a young guy. He might learn more about that. If he can start to fill it up more, uh, he could really be a heck of a player for the Grizz to fill that massive gap left by Mark Gasol leaving. Uh, but I also have him as my starting center on the second team for Michigan State alum. Yeah, I actually have him as my uh, as my starting uh, power forward on the, uh, on the on the second team. I, I agree, Jaron Jackson Jr., a uh, very impressive young player. I mean, to be able to shoot threes at his size, I mean, 6'11", 242. And uh, this year, I mean, they were coming back uh, from the hiatus. I mean, almost a 40% shooter from three on on serious volume, too. I mean, mm-hmm. over six threes a game. So, I mean, really popping. And, I mean, has, has the potential to be one of the best uh, big three-point shooters uh, in NBA history, I think, based on early returns. Only 20 years old. So, the sky is really the limit for this guy. I mean, I, I think it's even possible Jaron Jackson Jr. could make his way onto these uh, first teams. I mean, ahead of the likes of, you know, Kevin Willis, uh, Zach Randolph, and the like. I mean, it's, it's early early days to be sure. It, it but. would take a lot. Some of those skills, some of, you want to see those assist numbers a little bit higher. Uh, that's the type of stuff that you kind of are just born with, mm-hmm. that, that skill of distributing the ball, that knows for where a rebound's going to be off the glass. But players do learn it. They do pick that up later in their career. That's what he's going to have to do to make it onto the first team, I think. But, but no matter what, he's a heck of a player. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we're actually going to watch some of them today. I mean, the Grizzlies are playing at 4 o'clock today, so. Cool. Yeah, look forward to. Uh, Grizzlies Trailblazers. Uh, yeah, later we'll be talking about more of the uh, seeding game action uh, coming up. Uh, Mills, who do you have on your uh, on your second team at Power Forward? I have Johnny Green. Yeah, so this Jumpin guy. Uh, what's that? Jumping Johnny. Jumping Johnny. Jumping Johnny, his, uh, his nickname. Uh, this guy, before any of our times, uh, finished his career in 1973. Mills, what can you tell us about uh, about Johnny Green? He was good. Four-time All-Star. I mean, he got to be pretty good to be a four-time All-Star. I, I would say so. I mean, played uh, started his career with the Knicks, was a three-time All-Star with the Knicks in his 20s. Actually, he didn't get started in the NBA until he was 26 years old and uh, took a little while to get established. But uh, once he did, was a guy who was capable of uh, you know posting, you know, averaging double-doubles, uh, 18 points per game at his best, and 13-plus uh, rebounds. So, uh Definitely a major contributor on uh, on some high quality Knicks teams in the uh, early '60s. Yeah, really, really fun stats for Jumpin' Johnny to look at. Or 
age 35 and 36. Granted, this is 1969, 1970. Before we had all these uh, modern medicine, all the different trainers and stuff out there helping players have longer careers. Dude managed to get 15.6 points per game and 10.8 rebounds per game, led the league in field goal percentage. The next year, he got 16.7 points per game and 8.7 rebounds per game, and again, led the league in field goal percentage. This is age 36, 37. I'm not sure we'll ever see that again. That is some phenomenal stuff out of Johnny Green. Really, really top-notch shooting. Absolutely. And at 6'5", six, six, you know, the dude, uh, I have him as my uh, my small forward because he's, you know, 6'5". Yeah, I don't think we mentioned that before. I mean, 6'5", 200 pounds, I mean, as a power forward. Uh, you certainly wouldn't see that today. But uh, the guy, he got it done. I mean, four-time all-star. Yeah, clearly a heck of an athlete. No question about it. I uh, know what he looks like, though. So I have a, I actually have a different player here. Did you look at Jay Vincent, Mills? No. You didn't look at Jay Vincent because this guy. Well, let's talk a little about Jay Vincent. Because I, it, so we'll start off with the less interesting stuff. Six seven swingman type. Uh, his brother Sam Vincent also went to Michigan State, I believe. You know, he started off in the league getting twenty points per game, uh, seven rebounds per game. It kind of went downhill from there, but by downhill I mean 18, 15 points per game for several years. So clearly a solid player. I had him as my power forward there, mainly because his nicknames. <laughs> you want to put meals? Can you read read us these nicknames? Big Daddy, Fat Daddy, Midnight Creeper, Doctor J, and Mister J. Midnight Creeper. That says all you need to know. That 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 means that guy was on the court on a mission. Uh, a mission to creep late at night. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, he was definitely, I mean, some some very, very colorful nicknames. Fat Daddy, I feel like that's a, a nickname uh, that's a, a relic of days gone by. Not not too many uh, people be embracing uh, the Fat Daddy nickname now. Kind of interesting to see a, another Dr. J. Yeah. Surely there was a, a more prominent Dr. J already on the scene. I can't think of any. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's pro probably one somewhere. Uh, Mills, any, any thoughts on, uh, on on Jay Vincent before we uh, move on? He did not make either of my teams either, but had uh, you know I, I considered him. Um, no, not really. Okay, so let's uh, l let's move on then. Uh, Mills, who do you have at your second team small forward? Um, Ralph Simpson. Yeah, tell me a little bit about Ralph Simpson, another guy whose career uh, began and ended before any of us were born. Yeah. I couldn't find any video of him because it was all Ralph Sampson. But this guy was a five-time All-Star, four, three-time All-ABA. Yeah, began his career uh, in, in the ABA, uh, played with the uh, Denver Rockets, the famed Denver Rockets, for, uh, for a number of years before making his way over to the NBA where he played with the Pistons, the uh, Nuggets, the Sixers, and the Nets as his career went on. Uh, really a, a standout in the ABA. I mean, he was a first time, uh, sorry, first team All ABA player once, and a second, uh, a, a two time uh, All ABA player uh, on the second team. Uh, so de definitely made uh, made a substantial impact. Uh, Sam, did you uh, look into um, into Ralph Simpson at all? Yeah, I looked at him. He didn't make my teams. Uh, I don't know why, but I always favor NBA uh, players over ABA players when we're looking at these these old heads. Uh, clearly a good guy. He could ball out. He averaged 27 points per game in his second season in the ABA. So he could, he could fill it up. He knew how to put the ball in the basket. That's for sure. No question about it. So maybe, uh, maybe that's all that needs to be said, uh, at this point about, 
um, Ralph Simpson. Let's move on. Uh, at your uh, your two spot on your uh, second team, Mills, who'd you have there? I had Steve Smith. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we got to talk about Steve Smith. Uh, Steve Smith, uh, I think a, a member of both uh, mine and, and Sam's uh, first teams at the two. Mills, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, about Steve Smith, a guy who played for a long time in the NBA, consistent uh, number eight wearer, as I recall, uh, began his career with uh, with the Heat, played with the Hawks as well, the, uh, the Blazers, the Spurs, made his way around yeah. a bit, but a long and productive NBA career. Yeah, um, I, you had recorded that um, 98 All-Star game, and I um, I saw number eight in the Hawks, and I was like, who's that? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and it was Steve Smith. Uh, yeah, what else, what else can you tell us about him? Yeah, he was a one-time All-Star, won a title with the Spurs. Yeah, um, you guys were saying earlier, you shouldn't give him too much credit for winning that title. I mean, Yeah, that's down the end of his career. I mean, 2002-2003 uh, uh, with, with the Spurs, uh, didn't play a whole lot. Uh, didn't factor in in the playoffs too much for uh, for that team, but at that point, you know, providing some veteran leadership and a uh, guy who has gone on to a um, a career in the media uh, post uh, post playing it's a days. Good career, he's quite the quite the commentator. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what, what do you recall of uh, of Steve Smith, Sam? Man, he was a Celtic killer when he was on the Hawk. When he was having those twenty point per game uh, years, really smooth player. I think I mentioned last time Ray Allen was one of those guys. When he shot it, you. Just, kind of just knew it was going in. That's how I felt about Steve Smith. Silky smooth, uh, really knew how to get open, knew how to play very efficiently. Uh, kind of one of the more underrated shooting guards, I think, of the 90s and, and early 2000s. He was definitely in my my starting five out of Michigan State. Just such a consistent guy for so long and then had one of those nice tail end of his careers where he was providing veteran leadership. Totally fine coming off the bench. Uh Yeah. Heck of a shooter, Smitty. Yeah, fantastic player, and also, I mean, I feel compelled to note uh, one of those uh, those classic names. I mean, there's uh, Steve Smith, uh, yeah, yeah, the baseball player, Steve Smith, the hockey player, Steve Smith, the football player. So uh, we got our bases covered, and uh, in the basketball version, a really high quality player. Yeah, to all you people out there with the last name Smith, if you want your children to be professional athletes, just name them Stephen. Yeah, it's a really good uh, good play for sure. All right, so let's uh, let, let's wrap up this uh, this discussion of our uh, of our second team by Mills. Uh, let's let's get to your your point guard. I had Gary Harris here. I think he could play the point guard. I knew I needed to get him on his team. I think you guys had him at your starting small forward. Is that correct? I I did I have I had him as my as my backup uh, shooting guard, my, my second team shooting guard. But tell us a little about Gary Harris. I mean, he's a guy who's currently in the midst of his career. Still still fairly early days for him at 2014 draft pick. Yeah, I think he's a really good player. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's averaging 12.1 points per game so far for his career, 2.1 assists, 2.6 rebounds, and a 45 field goal percentage. So, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, he's he's a player who's reached, I think, uh, greater heights than he's shown the last couple of years. I think two years ago in his age 23 season, probably the best work he's done so far in terms of – his shooting and uh, you know scoring and shot creation. Um, guy who has got had a pretty good defensive rep as a uh, as a two guy who can defend ones as well. Six four two oh five, some pretty decent size. Uh, I, th- I feel like his star has dimmed a little bit the last couple of years, but still just twenty five years of age uh, with an opportunity to uh, you know certainly reassert himself and uh, and be an important part of a high quality Nuggets team. Sam, any uh, any, any thoughts on uh, on Gary Harris? 
Yeah, he's solid. Uh, I'm not sure I agree with Emilio that he can play the point. He seems more like a pure shooting guard to me. Uh, so for that reason alone, I went with Eric Snow because Eric Snow is certainly a guy that's, for my money, a pure point guard. I think he had an experimental shooting guard year with Cleveland that didn't go too well. But yeah, I've got Eric Snow. Uh, basketball heads will recognize him as the journeyman point guard that rendered those Philadelphia 76ers teams with Allen Iverson incapable of getting over the, the hill. I think if Allen Iverson had had a more talented point guard with him, he might have won a title. So for that reason, I think Eric Snow gets a bit of a knock. But I mean, what, what can you say about the guy? He was a solid, serviceable point guard for a long time. I think he probably, you know... Yeah, you know, five years from now, I might agree with Mills and put uh, Gary Harris there. But for now, it's I got Eric Snow there. I remember watching him play and thinking he was talented, good distributor, could D up well enough. Um, that's generous. He wasn't a great, great defender, but yeah, he was. I mean, okay, I, I mean, solid enough on defense that you could have him out there next to uh, AI. Made the uh, All Defense team uh, one time in his career, so sort of really? had that kind of rep. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, I, I think that's that's what he was ostensibly out there for. Uh, I, I always remember him in, in much the same way that you were just describing, where it's like, well, if, if they could upgrade that spot, you know, they, they'd really have yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? knock on him. Yeah. And, I mean, it didn't make my squad. I actually had um, – well, Mills, you want to get any, any comments on Eric Snow before I, I reveal my uh, choice at second-team point guard? Yeah. Uh, there's also uh, – it's kind of not related, but um, it's kind of really um, – it's too bad they didn't make the all-rookie team because I remember you saying one time that um, it's pretty easy to make the all-rookie. Yeah, I mean, it really it has a lot to do with what you, what kind of an impression you make out of the gate. I mean, just looking at Eric Snow's uh, first season, I mean, the guy played nine minutes a game, came off the bench in 42 games out, out of 43. I mean, you know, you're not really going to make a huge impression uh, that, that first year if uh, you're not getting a lot of runs. So I don't know if I can even know if I could blame him too much for that. Guy was a uh, second round pick, uh, didn't really have a great chance out of the gate, but certainly made a good career for himself uh, as Sam mentioned uh, part of some important teams went to the finals with uh, with the Sixers one year. Um, just not, I mean, that doesn't quite make the cut here for me. I went with uh, with Scott Skiles as my uh, mm, my, my yeah. second team point guard. Now I, I can appreciate uh, that he didn't have a, an incredibly long career, but um, was also on in some difficult situations in terms of uh, you know joining the Magic as an expansion team. I mean, you know, it was kind of drawing dead in terms of uh, having a playoff level uh, supporting cast. I mean, he just, you know, did not have that, but was an important part of uh, driving those early Magic teams. And, uh, you know, it needs to be mentioned. Yeah, Scott Skiles probably an overall basketball player uh, than Eric Snow. I think I went with Eric Snow simply because I recognize him more. I watched him play more. I, I know he can get it done. Uh, just, you know, he's more visible, had a, a career that was longer. Uh, but Scott Skiles, definitely a, a better shooter, more of an offensive threat than Eric Snow ever was. Yeah, for sure. And it should be mentioned, uh, the the holder of the uh, single-game record for assists in a game with 30. Unbelievable. That's uh, Scott Skiles. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the league has been chasing that one for quite some time and uh, probably will be for quite a while longer. Wow. That's had, a, had I known that, he might have made my team over Eric Snow. So that's a remarkable accomplishment. You didn't know that, Uncle Sam? No, I didn't. And I should also mention, uh, a guy was kind enough to... Uh, send me back a uh, signed basketball card. I sent him a self-addressed uh, stamp envelope one time and uh, the guy hooked me up. So I appreciate that, Scott. In light of recent revelations, I would like to officially change my second team starting point guard from Eric Snow 
to Scott Skiles. It is okay. uh, it is noted. Also, he was the most improved player in the 1990-91 season. Yeah, he was. Uh, def- definitely a, a notable career, as we were discussing as well, uh, went on to uh, coach in several spots. So guy who was involved in the NBA in a number of different ways over the course of his career. I think just uh, one more player on, on my teams who we haven't gotten to. I'm not sure about you, Sam. We might need to uh, uh, jump into one more. Did we get to everybody else on your on your squads? Uh, yeah, we talked about Johnny Green earlier. Jason. Yep. So uh, we got uh, Morris Peterson uh, made oh, made my squad as the uh, the second team small forward. Morris Peterson, a uh, member of r- some really successful uh, college teams at Michigan State, and was uh, a really high quality uh, three point shooter. I mean, a time where there was less volume uh, for three point shooters, but thirty seven percent three point shooter as a six seven guy, three and D type. Um, yeah, it was really valuable on some of those uh, Raptors teams in the uh, early 2000s. Mills, did you uh, look into Mo Pete at all? No, not really. Okay. <laughs> Sam, any, any recollections of uh, Morris Peterson? Yeah, I love Mo Pete. He was uh, always on he, he just barely got squeaked out of these teams uh, for the likes of Johnny Green, Draymond Green, Steve Smith, Jason Reed. Uh, Michigan State seems to produce exceptional swingmen, uh, but... Mo Pete's another one of those that, you know, didn't quite squeak in there for me, but yeah, he's solid. All right. So uh, I think that'll, that'll wrap up our, our teams. Why don't we go through our squads uh, one time here and then we can uh, move on to any other notable Michigan state players that need to be mentioned here. Yeah. Right. Um, so Mills, your, your first and second teams for Michigan state. Let's just run, th- run through. Okay. Um, first team center, Kevin Willis, power forward, Zach Randolph, Small forward, Draymond Green. Shooting guard, Jason Richardson. Point guard, Magic Johnson. Team two, tenor, Darren Jackson Jr. Power forward, Johnny Green. Um, small forward, Ralph Simpson. Shooting guard, Steve Smith. And point guard, Gary Harris. And I had uh, at my um, for my first team center, uh, Zach Randolph. Second team, uh, for, uh, excuse me, first team uh, power forward, Draymond Green. Uh, small forward, Jason Richardson. Shooting guard, Steve Smith. And point guard, Magic Johnson. And on the second team, I had center, Kevin Willis. Uh, power forward, Jaron Jackson Jr., small forward, Morris Peterson, uh, shooting guard, Gary Harris, and point guard, Scott Skiles. And for me, I had Kevin Willis at center on my first team, uh, Zebo, power forward, Jay Rich, small forward, Steve Smith, shooting guard, and Irving Magic Johnson as my point guard. For my second team, I had uh, Jaron Jackson as my center, Jay Vincent as my power forward, then Draymond and Johnny Green, sort of interchangeable there as my small forward and shooting guard. Eric Snow was my point guard, but I have adjusted to Scott Skiles. All right, so that's uh, that covers our uh, top two teams for Michigan State. We'll be back in just a moment to uh, talk about a few other Michigan State players and set up the next few days' worth of seeding games. We're back to uh, conclude our discussion of uh, Michigan State by talking about a couple of the guys who are in the league currently who we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, just a couple of thoughts on uh, Miles Bridges. Mills, uh, I know you uh, kind of a Miles Bridges fan. You got one of his jerseys. Uh, what, what can you tell us about uh, Miles Bridges early in his career? Yeah, he's a good player. Man. He can really um, throw down. Yeah, as uh, I know that's an appealing uh, characteristic for uh, for you um, and, and for, for most NBA fans. Uh, any hope for him uh, going forward in terms of, uh, you know, upward mobility on, on this list? I know it's yeah. early in his career. Yeah. You think he has a chance to uh, to move up further? Yeah, I think he has a chance to get on to the second team. 
Awesome. Uh, Sam, any, uh, any, any early impressions of uh, Miles Bridges based on his uh, career? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, both his first and last names uh, sort of have to do with roads. It's a great point. Yeah. It's Miles and, and, and Bridges both. Uh, his middle name, Emmanuel, not, not as much. No, but Emmanuel would be what you read to fix your car. <laughs> That's a great point. Or maybe even uh, build a bridge. Yes. Yeah. So uh, that, that it, it all kind of does fit together in that way. Uh, Bryn Forbes, also a player who is in the league, who attended Michigan State, has been on the Spurs so far in his career. Um, starter the last couple of years. He's good. Yeah, guy can can really stroke it. I mean, uh, career forty percent shooter from three. That's uh, that's useful. Any thoughts on Bryn Forbes? Uh, yeah, I, you know he's loosely on my radar. I haven't been following very much. Whenever these guys are on the Spurs, it's hard to know exactly what they're capable of because. You know, Pop is very sort of discreet with how he plays his, his stars early on, especially in their careers. Certainly is. Yeah. Bryn Forbes, I think, a uh, guy who's emerged really over the course of the last uh, couple of years uh, as he's uh, gotten more run in, in San Antonio as the team quality overall has diminished a bit, yeah. uh, for sure. Uh, any thoughts on uh, Denzel Valentine? We're getting a little bit deeper in, but this guy was a first-round pick just uh, a couple of years ago in 2016. Lottery pick. Yeah, he's played with the Bulls. Uh, you know, minutes have diminished a little bit, missed all of uh, last season. Uh, has been back this year, though, for his age 26 season in, in limited run. I mean, any hope for him uh, going forward? Yeah, um, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the guy has shown some NBA skills, but I think uh, his time may be, uh, may be running out uh, before before too long. He's, uh, I mean, there's a lot of guys coming up behind him, of course. He seems locked into journeyman status, if anything at all. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. And we've uh, so we, that that covers uh, pretty much the uh, NBA players who are active who attended Michigan State. Just wanted to uh, throw a little bit of love to uh, my man Greg Kelser, Special K, has been uh, the color man on uh, Pistons TV broadcast for a long time, providing a lot of style, a lot of knowledge, and a lot of uh, Michigan Detroit love for uh, for for a long time. I've been enjoying his uh, the smooth sound of his voice for many years. So uh, you know, here's looking at you, uh, Special K. I mean, I make this list uh, on your uh, basketball career, but uh, we love you. Number one in our hearts. Absolutely. Uh, so let's uh, let's transition from that into a segment which we debuted on our previous episode, where Emilio's been running down these uh, these seeding games to watch. Mills, uh, why don't you pick that up with uh, the seeding games starting on uh, on Monday? Yeah. So on August third, um, Raptor seed at one thirty. Yeah, Raptors Heat. Tell us. I mean, just give us a, a, a little, uh, little something of what to what to look for in in, uh, in these matchups. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a good matchup. I think um, if the Heat take uh, Heat win that game, I think it could be pretty big for them. Yeah, they're really playing for seeding at this point, right? So uh, yeah. this this is a meaningful matchup for them. I think the Raptors have a little bit of work to do to lock in their position as well, right? I think so. Yeah, and whatever team gets the three seed, it's going to be good for them. Because they don't want to be in that four or five spot, because then they're going to have to face the Bucks in the second round. Ooh, good call. Yeah, that that's really good insight there. Uh, how about what else on uh, on that August third uh, slate? Nuggets Thunder. Yeah, what were you liking there? Yeah, I mean the Nuggets and the Thunder are both pretty high in the West, and yeah, if the um, Thunder can win that, I think that'll be good for them too. So. Yeah, I mean, definitely an important an important one in terms of uh, establishing the seating out in the Western Conference. And how about that? Uh, the last game that you have in mind on uh, on the third? Yeah, that game was actually um, at four. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, Rockets, Trailblazers. Talking about uh, Grizzlies. Uh, Grizzlies, Pelicans, sorry. 6.30. Yeah, so that that's also a, a matchup between teams at the, the bottom of the West uh, playoff picture. So an important one for the Pelicans, for sure. Uh, I mean, Grizz, Grizzlies as well. Yeah, first one. Yeah, yeah the, uh, right. We, we've already gotten the early returns on uh, the Pelicans' first uh, matchup in these seeding games. They uh, took a defeat. So, uh, yeah, all, all the more reason why these uh, th- this game coming up is going to be really important. How about on August 4th? Um, yeah, there is Mavericks-Kings at 2.30. Yeah, what, what appeals to you about that one, aside from the obvious of uh, just Luka playing? If the Kings actually go on fire, they have a chance to get in the playoffs. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, they, they, an outside chance, but a chance all the same, for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's look further down that slate. Yeah, um, there's Celtics Heat at 6.30. That is big. If the Heat take care of business, that'll be big. Yeah, these are some important games for the Heat early on, and I think the Celtics probably just need a win or two to uh, kind of cement their uh, playoff positioning. Yeah, what are they, second or third? Third right now? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, in, they're in third right now, right? Yes. And where are the Heat? They're around eight? Fourth. The Heat, the heat are fourth? But not not super close to one another, I think. So right. the, the Heat have to have to win to uh, to maintain that position. But do they even want to? For the reasons uh, you were just mentioning, trying to avoid that second round matchup against the Bucks. And uh, all right, so there's a nine o'clock game as well uh, to watch on August fourth. Uh, you're talking about Rockets uh, Trailblazers. Yeah, I mean that one is going to be a lot of star power on the court. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, n- nothing else. It's going to be fun to watch really. that one. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. All right, and uh, we'll wrap it up with the uh, the games of August fifth. Yeah, two thirty. Um, Grizzlies Jazz. Yeah, I mean that's another one where teams are just battling for their for their playoff lives and uh, and for positioning. So uh, an important one in that regard. Where where are those guys ranked right now? Yeah, the Grizzlies are at the um, eight seed and the Jazz are at the four seed. Really hope the Grizz get in there. I'd love to see Ja Morant in the playoffs. Yeah, I think they have a pretty decent shot. I mean, I think they have, they have the best bet of any of those teams that are battling for uh, for that spot yeah. there. It would be would be a lot of fun to see them uh, in, in a first round matchup. Yeah, so what what else we got on, on August 5th? Yeah, Thunder versus Lakers at um, uh, 6.30. Yeah, so an, another one where these games are just all important for the Thunder to uh, to establish their position. And how about the Lakers? I mean, what, what do they have to play for at this point? Nothing really. I mean, they just have to win games. They're, they're trying to get that top spot, trying yeah. to lock that in over the Clippers. So they, they got to they gotta keep keep uh, keep going to uh, make sure they submit yeah, that Yeah, and position. then the last one um, is Raptors Magic at 8.30. Yeah, what's what's the hook there? I mean, the Magic uh, just battling for their lives at the bottom of the East. Yeah, I think they might make the seventh seed this year. Yeah, I think they have a pretty reasonable chance. And that could be a playoff matchup, so that's why I put it in there at seven and two. Yeah, that'll be uh, be great to watch as potentially a, a preview of uh, playoffs to come. All right, so I think that'll uh, that'll do it for our, our look over the at the next few days of uh, worth of seeding games and our, our our look at a couple of teams worth of uh, players. For Michigan State, uh, we thank uh, very much our, our guest, uh, Sam Matterchain, for uh, for joining us once again. The pleasure was all mine, guys. And uh, we will uh, look forward to uh, joining you again in just a couple more days. Bye. Oh, and please leave a rating of you and subscribe wherever you get a podcast. Yeah, we're, uh, we're pretty much everywhere you would look for podcasts at this point. Apple Podcasts, Podknife, uh, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Listen Notes, etc. And uh, we look... We, <laughs> We look forward to uh, having you back here on our next episode. If you want to find us on uh, social media, you can find us at uh, on, on Twitter at Barnards on NBA or email us at Barnards on the NBA at gmail.com. Uh, thanks again for joining us. Peace out. Bye.